Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. My, 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 what a tremendous presence of God is in this house. Turn to your neighbor, shake their hand and say, thank you for serving the Lord. Thank you for serving the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. It's certainly an honor to be here at Abundant Life once again. I thank God for this assembly, great influence in the Wisconsin district and throughout, amen, really the United States with your pastor being our North American missions director. And we are very thank you, very thankful, Brother Kylie, for your service. Amen. Not only to Oconomowoc in this area, but to the entire state of Wisconsin. Exciting things are happening, church. Exciting things are happening. Amen. I don't know about you. If you've been reading the paper, listening to the news or whatever, that's not always good. Matter of fact, it's not very much good. But you know what it keeps telling me? Soon and very soon. We are going to see the king. Hallelujah. We're going to see the king. And there's not going to be any sorrow there. There's not going to be any dying there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I tell you, the Bible says in the last days, the Lord said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And you know what? That's happening all over the world. Praise God. I'm happy to report to you that here in Wisconsin, amen, just a few years ago, back in 2004, we had about 57 churches and 13 daughter works, about 70 works. Right now, we have 130 works happening here in Wisconsin. God is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Amen. It is indeed an honor to have my girlfriend with us today. Amen. She and I have been going together for a while. And uh, we went together for about six years. And then we were engaged for, I guess we went together three years. And then we were engaged for three years. And since then, it's just been all uphill. Amen. We've been married now for the last going on 44 years. So we're thankful. Praise God. Any grandparents in the house today? Nothing like grandkids, right? Told sister and brother Kylie this, but a couple weeks ago, our youngest grandchild, which is our only granddaughter, we have five grandsons and one granddaughter. She's not a bit spoiled. But she came in our house and she handed my wife this envelope that had several staples in it. My wife said, it's quite obvious she's only wanting a certain eye to see what's in here. She opened it up and it said, dear Nana, you gotta understand she's only six. She said, dear Nana, she said, your daughter 
kicked my toy horse. And you know that toy chest that you got me? Well, your daughter kicked that too. (laughs) Not my mother, it was your daughter. She was telling on her mom. And you know, grandparents, you know, we're there to fix it. We're the fix it people. Yeah, right. But uh, I am very, very honored. Brother Kylie, thank you for inviting us. Thank you for your hospitality. Amen. And let's go to the word of the Lord. I'm reading today from the New Living Translation. And I'm reading out of the Gospel of Luke, the 15th chapter, uh, a very, very familiar set of uh, words, I'm sure. You see, Jesus is giving a parable, a story, and he, it's a three-part story. And he talks about uh, a shepherd that had 100 sheep, and he lost one. And he left the 99, and he went to seek that one sheep. And then he talks about a woman that had... 10 coins and and the coins were extremely precious because they were wedding coins and it really had a lot to do with the covenant she had with her husband and and she lost one of those coins and she swept the house and when she found the the coin she brought her friends together it was that important to her and they rejoiced together and then the lord goes into this story about a father that had two sons And uh, the younger of the two decided that he wanted to step out in life and he wanted things, he wanted his inheritance very patiently now. He wanted it now. You know, we're living in that kind of a generation today. We want everything now. And uh, so, of course... The father, I'm sure much reluctantly, but the father gave his younger son a great portion of his inheritance or all of his inheritance. And I believe many of you would understand the story that he went out and the Bible says he wasted it. Everybody said he wasted it with riotous living. And now comes the text in verse 17 of the 15th chapter. Again, I'm reading the New Living Translation. And when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, everybody say at home, even the hired men have found enough food or have enough food to spare and here I am dying of hunger verse 18 says I will go home everybody say home to my father and say father I have sinned against both heaven and you and I am no longer worthy of being called your son Please take me on as a hired man. Verse 20 says, so he returned where? He returned home to his father. You're hearing this morning 
very simple thought. Lord, bring them home. Bring them home. Would you put down your Bibles and would you lift up your hands today? I have sensed very keenly, not only in this service, even beforehand though, that God is going to be talking to several people in this house today. Would you just ask God right now to just really speak to your heart and to your mind and, and would you allow the Lord to minister to you Hallelujah. Father, I thank you, God, for your love and goodness. And I thank you, Lord, for your grace, God, that reaches to the highest mountain and to the lowest valley. And I thank you, dear Lord Jesus, for the privilege to be a part of the body of Christ. And I just pray today, dear Lord Jesus, that you would anoint and that you would speak to each and every individual here today so that when we walk out of here today, that God, that we will, dear Lord, have enjoyed being in the house of the Lord today and that we take something with us beyond just a memory, Lord. I love you and I thank you, God, and give you all glory and all honor and all praise for all of what you will do in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord? Why don't you lift your voice and praise him? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated today. You know, there's something very, very powerful about a homecoming. Uh, when individuals that have been away for whatever reason, for whatever purpose, they decide to return home. Most of the time, it's a time of celebration. It's a time of joy. I'll never forget, uh, Brother and Sister Kylie, as we came through that tunnel on that e evening, it was already night, and we were coming into Jerusalem on the bus, our tour bus. And if you'll remember, when we, walked, when we came through that tunnel, then there was Jerusalem in front of us. Uh, and our guide, a Jewish guy by the name of Svi, uh, he said to all of us, he, and mind you, all of us on the the, on the, the bus were Pentecostals, uh, amen, and, and he said, welcome home. That's where we came from, folks. That's where it all started, by experience in the Holy Ghost. We were able to stand there in that upper room. We were able to indeed worship God. Uh, may have not been the same upper room that they were in, but on that designated spot. We were able to travel across the Sea of Galilee and, and my, 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 what a service we had uh, on that ship when the Holy Ghost came down. Uh, on this, I knew that there was a lot of places that probably were not the places, uh, but I knew they didn't move the Sea of Galilee. Welcome home. You know, across the globe, you will find many different symbols that have been used or placed or exhibited to pinpoint the fact that someone is away from home and they are anticipating their return. These symbols are usually displayed by those loved ones that are 
waiting for their return. And, and they're displaying those symbols in hope for those out there to come back home. Several years ago, if you'll remember during the Gulf War, there was literally across the country, people were wrapping yellow ribbons around trees. Anybody remember that? Symbolizing the desire for their loved ones to return. And personally, I don't know about you, but maybe it's just my age and I'm getting more emotional as I get older, but Every time that I watch a YouTube video of a soldier coming back home and surprising their loved ones, uh, I'm just holding my iPad and just weeping because I know at that moment that our God has just answered someone's prayers. Amen. Prayers where those loved ones and those individuals were pleading with God to bring their loved one home. I've noticed, uh, and, you know, in the last several years, and we're soon to come up on the Christmas season once again, but more and more Christmas decorations. Have you noticed this? Long after the Christmas season, they still got Christmas decorations turned on. Anybody notice that besides me? And, you know, long after the, the holiday season's over and, and, and many homes still have their outdoor lights glowing, now perhaps they're just too lazy to take them down or to turn them off. But part of me just has to wonder if perhaps those that live in those homes were just hoping and praying for a loved one to come back home. And that was their symbol. And they were using those Christmas decorations as that symbol where they were praying for that purpose. Matter of fact, just last year, I remember reading a story about a man, a man in Wausau, Wisconsin, of all places. Here is a father that has had a real, everybody say real, pine tree fully decorated for the last 40 years. Now, I think most of us would think, yeah, what's left of it is these sticks uh, with uh, lights uh, around it and bulbs hanging. But that's not the case. Uh, the, the needles on the pine have never gone brown. They are still green after 40 years. And the reason he has left it up for 40 years, he is waiting for all six of his sons to come home. I just wonder, I just wonder how many prayers have been prayed and are still being prayed by parents and grandparents and other family members for the Lord to bring home their sons and their daughters. Do you realize that the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children here in the United States, it reports that there are now over 800,000 children under the age of 18 that are reported missing. 800,000. And I just feel led of the Holy Ghost today to preach to you this morning about the prayer that thousands are praying right now. Bring them 
Now, I certainly don't want to, uh, I, I, I don't wish to add to the word of God, but, but you know when the Lord spoke to the patriarch Abraham and he told him to take Isaac, his only son, up to the top of Mount Moriah and offer him there as a burnt sacrifice. Now, again, I'm not trying to add to the word of God, but because the word of God doesn't tell us, but I don't know if Abraham, have you ever thought about Abraham's wife, Sarah? If, she, if indeed she knew about what Abraham was about to do. I mean, there's a lot of people you can mess with, but don't mess with mama bear. Hello? I don't know if she knew what Abraham was about to do or not. But one thing I do know, if she did know, her prayer that day was, Lord, bring him home. Because, amen, Abraham believed God. And we know that Abraham took him to the top of Mount Moriah. We know that indeed he brought the wood and, and he indeed told his own son Isaac uh, that God shall provide himself, uh, amen, a lamb. And sure enough, uh, as Abraham was ready to take the life of his son, uh, amen, the Lord showed Abraham a ram caught in a thicket. And Abraham believed God. How do I know that? Because the word of God says so. Genesis 22 and 5, it says, And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Hebrews 11 tells us, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, he offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting, everybody say accounting, believing that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. I believe that God answers prayer and I believe that God answered a, a father's prayer that day amen brother Kylie really confirmed this thought to me yesterday that what I was going to preach on he didn't know I was going to preach this but in the brainstorming session or the planning session yesterday at the very end he talked about David at Ziklag and how much David must have prayed when he was fleeing from Saul and when the Amalekites took his two wives captive. The scripture states in 1 Samuel 30 and verse 3, so David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. How many times have we wept over our children? How many times have we wept over those that have gone astray and back out into the world. But you see, it says that David's two wives were taken captive. Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David, amen, required or inquired at the Lord saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I 
overtake them. And God answered him, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. I'm telling you folks, prayer is a powerful thing. It is a powerful instrument. Amen. That you and I have an ability to literally talk with the Almighty. Pursue was his answer and it was his victory. Brothers and sisters, uh, can I admonish all of us today, never underestimate the power of your prayers. Never doubt God. Never give up. Never think that he does not hear your prayer. Keep petitioning the Lord in behalf of your loved ones who are spiritually lost. Church, if there are 800,000 children that are lost physically, just think of the enormity of how many millions are spiritually lost, amen, are trapped in the deep miry pit of sin. Just think of the millions of prayers that are pleading to Jesus to bring them back home. How many backsliders are being tossed to and fro on an everyday basis? Many have given up any kind of hope because they've believed the lies of the Satan that there is just no more hope for them. But my friend, I know that there is a loving Savior who does care and he does hear our cry. And I just have to believe that there are parents and loved ones right here in this sanctuary right now now that your yearning and desire and prayer for your lost loved ones is dear God bring them home we were living in Germany and and serving there in Germany one Saturday evening brother Kylie I got a phone call amen from uh, brother Killingsworth in uh, Mississippi, Pascagoula, Mississippi. I've never met Brother Killingsworth before, but he called me and he said, are, are you Pastor Putnam? And I said, yes, sir. He's calling from the States. I am in Stuttgart, Germany. And, and uh, he, said, uh, he said, Brother Putnam, he said, I, I have a request, if you would. He said, my brother, he said, is in a German hospital. He said he has been backslid now for over 40 years. And he said he's been in a coma now for the last eight or maybe it was 11 days. I forget which now. He says he's been in a coma. He said, would you please, would you please? There's just no more hope, Brother Putnam, except in God. We need a miracle, Brother Putnam. He says, would you go to the hospital and pray for Cecil? I said, well, of course I will. I got in my car. I drove the 60 miles, about an hour and a half in Germany, amen, to get to Schwabisch Gemun. And, and I went into that German hospital. I was told by his brother that he was married to a German woman who could speak some English, but he had been living in Germany for quite some time. He'd been in 
an alcoholic for years and now he had cirrhosis of his pancreas and he wasn't expected to live and, and there he is and I get to the hospital. There's no family members there. There's nobody there. I don't know him. I've never seen him and I asked the German nurse, I said, I'm here to see Cecil Killingsworth and he's in the ICU unit and she was so kind to open up the door and take me into that ICU unit and my friend if I've ever felt the spirit of death I felt it there it was very gloomy they took me up to this bed and there was this man he was so bloated I didn't know what he looked like of course beforehand he was so bloated had all kinds of tubes amen all around him amen and I took out a little bottle of oil I, I, I mean there's nobody else there except all these people that are comatose amen and, and, and I took out a little bottle of oil and I, I, I put a little drop on my hand and I, I put it on his fevered brow and, and I just said Jesus we just need a miracle church I did not feel one thing there was no great strike of the Holy Ghost. There was no great move or... And I just went out and said to the nurse, thank you, and got back in my car, drove the hour and a half back to Stuttgart. And I thought, well, you know, I should at least call Mrs. Killingsworth to tell her that I was there. And so I called up the number I was given and this German lady answered the phone and she said, Yavol. I said, Frau Killingsworth. She says, Yaw. I said, This is Pastor Putnam. I was the minister. She says, Were you the minister that went to pray for Cecil? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, he woke up, he woke up, he woke up, he woke up. Not only did he wake up, but God filled him with the Holy Ghost. God renewed his life after 40 years. Don't ever underestimate the power I didn't feel a thing, but there was a family in Pascagoula, Mississippi that had been praying, God, bring him home. Hallelujah. Bring him home. Bring him home. Bring him home. Perhaps some of you have seen the musical called Les Miserables. It is a moving story about the redemption and the forgiveness of a gracious God. And in that musical, there's a song that is entitled, Bring Him Home. And perhaps, brothers and sisters, the lyrics of this song could be your very prayer right at this moment. It says, God on high, hear my prayer. In my need, you have always been there. He is young, he's afraid. Let him rest, heaven blessed. Bring him home, bring him home, bring him home. 
He's like the son I might have known if God had granted me a son. The summers die one by one. How soon they fly on and on. And I am old and will be gone. Bring him peace. Bring him joy. He is young. He's only a boy. You can take. You can give. Let him be. Let him live. If I die, let me die. Let him live. Bring him home. Bring him home. Bring him home. I have to believe that the Lord's parable about that prodigal son was more than just a story because it really represents all of mankind. What do you think caused, or the Lord was wanting us to understand what caused the young man to come to himself? I can almost tell you because it's people that are praying for that individual and all of a sudden something clicks. And all of a sudden they come to a right understanding. What on earth am I doing? What am I doing? Why am I here slopping hogs when I could be at home, amen, and all my father's servants are eating much better than I, and I'm starving with hunger. I'm dying for food, amen, and in my father's house, amen, are plenty of vittles. There's plenty of nourishment, and I'm telling you, church, thank God you've understood this, but in the father's house, there's plenty of nourishment on a weekly basis, amen, of coming in here and hearing the word of the Lord. But thanks be unto God, it doesn't have to be just here. It should be in our homes too. Amen. On a regular basis where we can wake up every morning and we can go to bed every night with our feet finally and firmly placed on the word of God because we have been placed on a rock. And that rock is a solid foundation and we shall not be moved. And he came to himself. He came to himself and he said, I will go home. You know, I don't think it was just that day that the father was out looking down the trail looking down the road. I think dad went out there every day, every day looking, amen, for the young man to come back. And sure enough, day after day, week in, week out, I don't know how long he was out in the world, but one thing I do know that dad never was giving up. And I'm here to talk to anybody here today that maybe you've come back, maybe you're here, maybe you're not where you should be in God right now, but I'm not here to say that to condemn you. I'm here to tell you that right now that there's a God that is here. There is a father that is here that has been waiting for a long time for you to come back home. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, 
dad sees. Dad sees that young man. Brother Mike Kiley, would you be that young man right here today? Hallelujah. You're coming up the road. Now, one thing dad did not do. Well, it's about time. I told you so. That's not what my Bible says that the Lord told for everybody and throughout ages to understand. He said with love, everybody say love and compassion. He was looking down the road, amen. And I don't know, because the young man I'm sure felt ashamed of what he had done with his inheritance that he was given. He felt ashamed indeed of the lifestyle that he had been living. He felt ashamed. Matter of fact, he probably didn't even have his head lifted. But you know what? That didn't stop dad. He was not going to be tainted. He was not going to be unclean. Amen. By him reaching out to his son. He went after his son. He ran. He ran. And he brought him. He said, get the best robe. Get the best robe, Brother Dreskin. I'm telling you, we're wearing the best robe today. It's called the Holy Ghost. He said, bring me a ring. The ring, of course, was a signet of authority. It was the signet, a signet of, the, of the family. I'm telling you, we got the signet. We went down in the signet's name. Amen. The name of Jesus Christ that gives us the authority. And then he said, bring out sandals for his feet because this boy's now going to be walking a new way, not the same way that he's been walking. But it was just a matter of him coming home bring them home I don't know about you but you know if you're here this morning and you have a prodigal in your family I hope that you are filled with that same love and compassion of God. Unfortunately, though, there are far too many fathers that are filled with anger and bitterness. Brothers and sisters, that will never bring forth your desired result. Because like the prodigal's father, church, you must be willing to start running and start rejoicing. And make no mistake about it, God hears and he will answer your prayer in bringing them home. Stand with me today. It really matters, little church, if the symbol is a Christmas decoration that remains lit until they return 
or a burning candle placed in a window or a yellow ribbon tied around a tree. Matter of fact, do you know where that all that came from? That whole thing about tying ribbons around trees. It came from two men that were riding on a train. Complete strangers sitting side by side. The one was trying to strike up a conversation with the other, and the other remained very strangely quiet. And finally, the inquisitive one finally said, what's your situation? He said, well, sir, I've been in prison the last five years, and I'm on my way back home, and my parents are not learned people, and they certainly could not write. So I really don't know what's going to happen. And I wrote them a letter and very basically just told them that the farm that my parents have is very close to the railroad track. And matter of fact, we will pass it before we get to the station. And and I just simply said to them that, Dad, Mom, if you're not too ashamed of me, Would you take a, just a white ribbon and would you hang it in the apple tree real close to the end of the property by the railroad track? And if I see that ribbon, then I'll know that it's all right to get off the train. But if you're too ashamed, if you're too ashamed, and there's no ribbon there, I'll just stay on the train and I'll just start a new life someplace. As they were getting closer to that young man's home, he could hardly bear to look out the window. So the other man said, tell you what, I'll look for you. And all of a sudden the young man grabbed the shoulder of the young person, the young man that was coming up to his property or his parents' property. And the other man said, it's okay, it's okay. There's not one ribbon on it. The whole tree is filled with ribbons. Well, Brothers and sisters, there are no visible ribbons here this morning, nor is there any apple tree to look for. But for someone here this morning, there is the symbol of a tree that is seen all over the world. And it just stands for one thing. Come on home. Come on home. Because you can rest assured on that tree in Golgotha that every sin that you have ever committed or that I've ever committed was already covered upon it. No, not with a ribbon, but something much greater. Those sins were covered with the precious blood 
of Jesus Christ. The blood that flows and still calls out loudly. Bring them home. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Can I tell somebody here, welcome home, bro. Welcome home, sis. Our Father is here. And his word declares, draw nigh unto God. And he will draw nigh unto thee. He's here to help you. But even beside that, perhaps if you have a prodigal, or you know of a prodigal, today could be the day of your prayer. So focused and so passionate that wherever that prodigal is today may be the day where they would come to themselves. And that be the first step on their way home. I'm not gonna beg you today But if you've got a lost loved one out there, I wouldn't waste any time getting to this altar today and lifting up your hands and lifting up your voice and asking God, hallelujah, Lord, bring them home, God. Maybe it's a brother. Maybe it's a sister. Maybe it's a daughter. Maybe it's a son. Maybe it's a grandchild. Hallelujah. Amen. You got to come with faith. You got to come with that love and compassion in your spirit that just recognizes that God really does care. That God really does understand. And the bottom line is, hallelujah, that he will hear and he will answer if we will just not give up. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Oh, lift up your hands right now. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.